Welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops. I've been making this show now for over three years, and in case you don't know it, there's well over a hundred half-hour shows during which time I'm teaching, sharing, helping in some way people around the world to find answers to many of their questions. People are afraid that they will lose many of the things that they've acquired, you know, things that they've worked very hard for for years, only to find that the money they saved is not enough, or the house that they bought, they can't afford to keep it, and so on. I'm sure you're listening and you could think of many, many things that you thought years ago would be very important and very vital to your future. And here you are in the year 2017, which actually in numerology adds up to 2, 1 is 3, and 7 is 10, which leaves the 0 knocked off, leaving us with a 1. And 1 is, of course, the beginning of a new cycle. So although you've been through nine years dumping a lot of things last year and coming to understand that those things that you thought so vitally important to your future have actually slipped away and somehow or other you've managed to find a new direction, a new understanding about yourself. So I thought I'd like to share a little bit about what is actually happening in this year 2017. It's very difficult, of course, as you know, to change your point of view. I'd like to use a little metaphor here and say that if you look at the moon and you expect it to stay full every night for as long as you live, you've come to realize, hey, that doesn't happen. The moon shifts across the sky it goes to a slither all the way to a full moon and back to a slither again, even sometimes not even appearing in the sky. So what do we do? We learn there by something very simple, something that happens every day, that that will always happen. And we tend to think in a way that whatever we put our energy into to create something, that it will always stay the same. Now, let me make another little example here. A woman births a baby. The baby is cute. Or we think of an animal, a little dog, shall we say. It looks so cute. It looks so sweet. It needs to be taken care of, and you love it so. Well, of course, that infant child or infant animal is going to grow up. And as it does grow up, it's going to develop character, personality traits, ways of doing things. And no matter how much we might try to encourage them to copy us or to be like us or to do the things that we want them to do, there's always that part of them that is going, what are you talking about? Staring at you. Like, what are you really saying? What does this really mean? What's behind the words that you speak? Has anything changed since we last had a conversation? 
Or if I'm an animal, am I supposed to sit all the time or can I wag my tail and walk around and do something else? If I do something else, will I get chastised? Will I be reprimanded if I'm a child in school? Well, of course, all those thoughts about change in the early years of any creature's life is about survival. I've spoken a lot in many of my books about the soul coding, the DNA, the RNA, the things that we have inherited from our ancestors and also things that we've copied through habit and routine from our close family. All those things help us to form opinions and those opinions often might turn out to be wrong in some way. So here's a little example that I had with a client not so long ago. This person came to me and said she was particularly worried about a grave that she had to take care of. The grave happened to be miles away, hundreds of miles away from where she was living. And there was absolutely no one living in the area who could take over the responsibility of the grave. Her problem was that over the years she had struggled to pay for the rent of that grave and to keep it up. Someone to go and do a bit of gardening around the grave. The thing was that she could no longer afford to keep it. So she had to let it go. But underlying was this belief that she'd been told as a child that she should always remember the ancestors. She should always take care of everything that the ancestors have left her. And in some way should be responsible to take care for this grave. And the moment she decided that she couldn't keep it anymore, up arose a tremendous amount of guilt. A sense of guilt that the ancestors would be looking down on her, telling her that she is a bad girl, or I should say a woman now, uh, because she's not keeping up the grave and that they would be angry with her. And that was a very firm belief that she had had installed into her mind by her grandma when she was a little child. Well, of course, I had to explain to her that those beliefs from that grandma back in 1950s were so long ago and that the country had so changed that those ideas were old-fashioned. They were out of date. And when I shared with her the idea that someone else might like to have that grave, which was really only a monument, for a space to provide for someone who's passing over now, how it would be giving back to someone and helping another person, someone she may never know. And indirectly through that, to be able to say her ancestors would be proud of her, that she had been so charitable as to give this grave to someone else who could use it well now. That was something she needed to hear. It helped her understand that she was not taking 
or being mean, but rather giving, giving back to society, knowing that her ancestors would be appreciative of that act. Now, that in itself is a metaphor for our lives. How many things have you been taught or told to believe when you were a child that when you grow up, these foundation stones of beliefs must always be adhered to? That you must, in fact, never change your mind? <laughs> well, I have to admit that when I was growing up, I had a lot of that going on. And in the years that followed, by trying to follow all those rules and regulations that had been instilled into me, I developed Parkinson's disease. And you might be surprised, how come I developed it, especially as I know so much? Well, the truth is, it was in my DNA. You see, my father had Parkinson's disease in his DNA, and he developed it. And my grandmother also had Parkinson's in her DNA, and she developed it very badly. Looked like Muhammad Ali by the end of her life. And that we had hearsay that her father also had it because he was always trembling, though it wasn't named in those days. And even further back, that there was another woman who had the shakes. So... What do you see here? Male, female, male, female, male, female, down through generations. A simple gene somewhere in the DNA, when developed, said, if I cannot be who I want to be, then I will adhere to the rules and regulations anyway, because I want to fit in with society. And if I fit in with society, maybe I'll be accepted. And if I'm a really good person, everyone will love me. <laughs> it's a lovely thought, isn't it? But if we look back through the years, we look back through generations of time, we can see that there's always a revolution within a family. There's always the black sheep of the family who's saying no, I don't want to fit in with the rules and regulations. I want to go off and do something different. Well, my ancestry goes back a long way, 1066. And we uncovered that, yes, we had a highwayman, and we also had a smuggler, and we also had people who were rebels, who went off to f live in other countries and fight for other things. Interesting information. But... How can that affect me today? Can I create a revolution in myself? Well, of course I can. All I have to do is change my point of view. Here I'd like to mention that I did write a book called The Rejection Syndrome years ago. It's still selling very well. It talks about how we are encoded with a soul structure coding that develops our personality and character. And what you can do when you read through that book is you can learn by the stories that I've put in there about how you can alter your point of view. You can either be very negative and look at everything from a social point of view as destructive and horrible and 
unsuitable for you and be a rebel. Or you can look at your life and say, everything seems to fit. I accept what's coming down. But there's a part of me that wants to transform, change in a good way, and develop parts of myself that are creative, artistic, talented in some way, that can give me the benefits of life. The rejection syndrome is a term I defined it's a term that I use whenever I'm teaching. I'd like you to think about that. Syndrome, a state of being, rejection. Are you stuck in a state of rejection? Are you saying that no matter what you do, it always seems to go wrong? Are you telling yourself you're not good enough? Do you worry about how many things are going wrong in the world right now? Or do you simply worry about yourself? Convince yourself that everything is going to go wrong all the time because everything else is going wrong everywhere else. What is wrong? Take a deep breath and while you're listening to me, I hope you'll make some notes. Write down some of the things that crop up in your mind while you're listening to me. You see, those little things, when they crop up, they're a reminder that you do have an alternative. You do have some ideas deep inside you that can give you a new perspective on who you are and what you want to do. Of course, if I asked you the question, do you want to be successful, you're not going to say no to that one. Everyone wants to be successful. But how do we measure success? <laughs> I know when I was a child and I was in school, I was in an A-stream school, and yet I always got C's and D's. I convinced myself I was an idiot, that I would never amount to much. And of course, my teachers kept telling me, Margaret, if you don't improve, you will never be any good at English. You will never be able to do anything. Your writing is appalling, etc., etc. So even though I was very famous in England up until I was 40, everyone said to me, do you have a book? And I'd say, oh, no, I'm not a writer. No, I'm no good at writing. My teachers told me so years ago. But fortunately for me, someone, I was around 37, someone came into my life who was in publishing. And I was telling her about a dream I had, and she said, why don't you write it? And I said, oh, no, I'm not a writer. And she said, write. So I wrote the first chapter, hurried round, read it to her. She said, wow, that sounds fantastic. What happens next? So I started to tell her. She said, no, 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 don't tell me. Go write the second chapter. Well, she encouraged me like that for five weeks. And for five weeks, I wrote five chapters. I was feeling, I can write. I was showing myself that, hey, I wasn't such an idiot. And yes, I do have dyslexia, but, oh, there's a spell check. I can find my typos. I can correct everything. I may not be putting my adjectives or 
whatever it was in the right place. But at least I was writing. Well, that was a big breakthrough for me. I want to ask you now, have you had a big breakthrough recently? That's a popular word, isn't it? Everywhere you look, breakthrough. In fact, one of my books is called Breakthrough Therapies, Crystal Acupuncture and Terragram Therapy. And just to go into a loop here, I use my crystal acupuncture to get rid of my Parkinson's disease. So while I was moving my energy around my five bodies, I was also shifting my brain. Yes, brain waves can be changed. What you think about today may be so vital to you right now. In fact, you may be worrying, as I said earlier, about something. You may be so scared even by those worries that you have. But let's stop and think for a minute. Say 10 years ago, assuming you're old enough to remember 10 years ago, what were you worrying about then that was so vital? Was it a boyfriend? Was it whether you could get a job or not? Was it whether you would pass an exam or not? What was it? Can you remember? And when you do remember and you look back, can you see how you're no longer afraid like you were then? Or that you've taken that as a foundation stone of fear and built upon it to make yourself chronically afraid today? We have a choice. Our brains have a choice. Yes, we can be happy or sad. But guess what? We can't be happy and sad together at the same time. We might think we are. For example, I'm really happy that I've passed an exam. But I'm also really sad that my father passed on. What am I going to do? In order to know and process those two things, I have to keep flipping a switch. I have to go, hey, I'm on cloud nine here. I've got my qualifications. And oh dear, over here, change of direction, change of thought, change of energy. I'm so sad that is on the other side. But can I mix them up? Can I say I'm really happy and sad at the same time? No, I'll become neutral. I'll say, I do feel both, but to know that I feel both, I have to be neutral. So I'd like you to think about how many times do you think you've been neutral? Let's say you're in the middle of a sibling squabble or a family to-do event, and everyone's highly excited except for you. You don't want to go, or you don't want to do the things that they want to do. So you feel miserable. Everyone is fed up with you because you're the only one who's miserable. You're fed up with them because they're all very happy and they're not commiserating with you. Yes, judgment rears its head all the time. Your opinions are judgments. But... Looking back over the years, how many of those judgments have changed? I remember when I was a child that if you saw a white woman with a black man, people commented. They had opinions about it. 
I didn't. I loved it. I loved it they were side by side walking down the road holding hands. I wanted to see the world in harmony with every race integrating because I had the vision. And I worked towards that end in my everyday life. But now, here all these years later, what are we looking at? We're not looking at peace and harmony and the wonderful joy of everything that I thought we were going to have. What we've got are wars, arguments, destruction, people killing people because they think they're different, they're better. And those who are poor, lost, miserable, not helped because those who have the money are hoarding it. Society structure, too many people that are living on the planet versus not enough. Too many complaints in health and not enough medical care. Wherever you are in the world, there's always a problem. And we can easily blame and shame everyone else out there for the circumstances that we have to live with. But it's not all just us, is it? It's not that we're burning fuel, fossil stuff and creating an atmosphere that's bad. The earth is billions of years old. All we will do will drive ourselves into extinction. A few may survive and up will rise a new type of man, a new type of woman, a new way of living, a new way of life. Take a deep breath right now and think about that because what is inside each of us is a spirit. I spoke a lot over the years about our spirit. Our spirit is strong, it's eternal, it will return to the earth time and time again in new forms, for new ideas, for new ways, for new things to be done. So one life, as long as it may be, even if you live to be a hundred like my dad, is still a short time. I'm 75 this year. I've done a lot of things throughout my life, creatively, spiritually, mentally, physically. I've never said no to myself. And I hope in many ways I'm a model for many others. But does that mean I was without any hang-ups? Of course not. We all have them. We have them from when we were very small. Which is why I also wrote another book called Discover Your Baby's Spirit. Why? Today. We are having a new race of humans being born. I call them liquid crystal children. What does that mean? They have an extra active strand in the DNA that looks like a little blob. It's in the DNA and it's awakened. These children can sing, dance, act, do math, equations, remember history from ancient times, see the future, know what they want, know what they don't want. They have ways and means to focus on themselves and build themselves into citizens around the world who will be leaders one day. Meanwhile, I suggest you go on YouTube, put in something like 
genius kids, talented kids, and just see what is out there and appreciate that these children will grow to form a new world. So what are we doing right now in our world? We're destroying it for a reason. We have to let all that was go. We have to let our memories of our ancient selves drift away. Let all the wars drift away. Let all the terrorism fall away. And in its place arise a new generation of people who want to integrate our species, who do not want to say I'm black or white, purple, pink, yellow, brown, whatever it is, but rather say I'm a human being in the human race of life. And I'm here to explore and enjoy every moment of my life. So coming back to my book, Discover Your Baby Spirit, I've put the coding there, the soul structure coding into that book, into five types of children born on this planet. Your child, or even you yourself, can be discovered by reading that book. You can understand why you're here in this life and what your purpose and way of being is. How you can integrate whatever type you are with the other four and together build a world that is a happy place to live. Let's take a deep breath again and realize that we have discussed a lot of things today. I'd like to ask you to make a few notes when you get off the show. I'd like you to write down what is, shall we say, rules and regulations you followed that don't work for you anymore? What is it that keeps you hanging on to those rules and regulations? Why are you holding on to them? Are you afraid to let them go thinking there's nothing else? Or are you ready? Are you in fighting talk, ready to say, I don't want to follow those rules. I'm ready to create my own rules or to create some rules that are good for others. Are you ready to be a living, walking example of someone who is in peace in mind, body and spirit? Someone who can say whatever it needs to be said to help those who are confused, troubled, worried, lost. Are you someone who can cut a pathway to help those who will follow after you are long gone. A little invention, maybe. You know, I always am amazed at the person who came up with the idea of a wooden peg and then see all the clips and springs and things that come out today that allow us to hang our washing out or hold a piece of wire somewhere. We're very inventive, you know. We're very creative. So what have you invented? What have you created recently? Perhaps you're saying nothing. Then isn't it time to think about something that you could create? Could be maybe write a book. Doesn't have to be very long. It could be a booklet. 10 pages, 
just to start yourself. Or maybe you'd like to pick up some paints, a child's coloring book. Go to the 99 cent store or your pound shop or wherever you are in the world and get something that's so cheap and discover just how you can color and draw and paint. And who knows where to lead you. Or maybe you have an intellectual mind and you'd like to go online and learn some programming. But whatever it is, give yourself a chance. Give yourself an opportunity to transform by making new rules, dumping the old rules, making yourself happy with everything that you do every day of your life. There isn't anything you can't do if you believe in yourself and trust yourself to try. And of course, everything we try learns to a new experience to try again and again until ultimately we realize that we truly can do something. I've never let anyone talk me out of doing anything. If I want to do something, I try. Yes, I get frustrated. Yes, I even cry with myself sometimes. But ultimately, I find a way. And I want to encourage you to find a way to be in harmony and in peace to be comforted by everything that you do and to understand that you are no better or worse than anyone else in this world who is struggling right now to find a better world to live in. Be aware that you are a leader in some way. You are important in some way. Now, if you need to talk to me, I'm Dr. Margaret rvc at gmail.com you can see that below in the writing and I would be so grateful if you would share this with somebody you know needs help and if you'd like to know more about all the things I've talked about just go to iTunes and download all my free podcasts for Journey into an Unknown World so for now I want to say goodbye be well, be happy, and enjoy life, because it is short.